welcome to the Collective Tables Advent season. Over the next four weeks, Chelsea, Claire, and I will offer short reflections on the weekly themes of Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace. These themes connect to the traditional scripture readings that are presented throughout the Advent season and remain consistent from year to year. So what is Advent? Great question, Dana. Advent marks a time in the life of the Christian church where we prepare and wait for the coming or arrival of Christ, God in human form. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, meaning coming. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Greek Orthodox, or non-denominational. Advent applies to the universal Christian church. Not all Christian communities may talk about Advent and not all celebrate the time period in the same way. However, it does not change the overall purpose of Advent, which is a time for each of us to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of Christ. It reminds me of when I prepare my house for company. I love hosting people in my home, and part of it is the excitement of preparing for the guests to come. I get the house ready, mow the grass, set the table, prepare the food, and decorate. And when they get there, we can finally celebrate. That's a great metaphor, Claire. For those who practice Christianity, Advent is a time of spiritually preparing our hearts and minds to receive God in person. So for this TCT Advent season, you're invited to use these short reflections to get your heart and mind ready for the arrival of a vulnerable baby who desires to be connected to each of us, who desires to show us that love and peace are stronger than hate and war, who invites us to respond every day to a broken world by claiming our belovedness. If you'd like to learn more about the history of Advent, visit our show notes for additional resources. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now in that same region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them.
The other day, I volunteered to take Whitney, our two-and-a-half-year-old, for the day, since my husband, Ryan, was overwhelmed with work. Since I had work to do, too, particularly to write this Christmas reflection on the shepherds, I brought her to work with me. I figured she could run around and play while I read and wrote. If you have a toddler in your life or have ever spent so much as half an hour with a toddler, you know that this is not a foolproof plan. But I was hopeful. I had my computer set up, books surrounding me, snacks, and a movie for wit. However, I can tell you, I did not get much work done. Every time I thought I was just about to get things done, there was Wit tugging on my arm. She was a constant interruption. My plan to be productive went right out the window. I probably should have known better. I mean, this is life with kids. And that's when I realized something. This is how the shepherds must have felt. Here was a group of men, perhaps some women were there as well, just trying to do their job. They were keeping their animals safe, trying to stay warm, maybe getting something to eat. And poof, an angel appears. This angel interrupts their evening, their work, really. We do not read that the shepherds responded with, Oh, you know what, angel? Tonight's not good. You see, on Tuesdays, we like to sit around the fire telling stories about our younger days while counting our sheep and snacking on some bread. Nor do they say, We would go see that baby you're talking about, the one wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. We really would, but we have an early appointment tomorrow morning, and we really need to get a good night's rest. Could we reschedule? No. Scripture tells us that they went with haste. They recognize the interruption as a gift, and they move on it. I began to wonder, how many divine interruptions have I ignored over the years? Those moments in time when I did not slow down, when I did not say yes, when I did not get on the floor and play with the toddler tugging on my arm. C.S. Lewis says, The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending day by day. I have said and I have heard many others say that they want to experience God, that they are seeking God. But God is right here, all around us, all the time, even as we head off to our Christmas parties right now. Jesus tells us when we seek, we will find. Perhaps we are only seeking God when it is convenient for us. We are only searching for God when we have time. We are only recognizing God when those experiences fit into our predetermined expectations. We don't like interruptions. I know I don't. I can become bothered, annoyed, angry even. These interruptions are outside of our norm and take us away from what we think is most important. But I wonder if I have ever given the interruption a chance to challenge what it is really interrupting. Is it interrupting my drive for success? My need to be liked? my plans to manufacture the perfect Christmas. I love the story of Christmas. I love my nativity sets and the children's pageants and our Christmas hymns. There's nothing wrong and everything right with that. But perhaps sometimes I make them into too much of a fairy tale. I diminish the realism of the story, which diminishes the power of it. Because it isn't just a story. God entering into our physical world interrupted humanity for all time. It altered the narrative. It flipped things on its head. That's what interruptions do. They change the plan. 
When Jesus entered into my heart and my life, he changed my plans, my thoroughly calculated, thought-out plans. Because as you may or may not have guessed, my childhood plan was not to become a pastor. But God changed me. God interrupted what I had so carefully laid out. And I'm so glad and grateful for that. It took me a while to recognize these interruptions as divine. And on some days, I still don't. But I have learned to take the time to look. A.J. Levine says, If we can start to look for the light of the divine in front of our eyes rather than search the stars, we'll be ready when we hear stories of sowers and seeds, wines and fig trees, yeast and fish. Signs are all around us if we take the time to look. The shepherds took the time to look. They went out of their way to see this thing which the Lord had made known to them. And when they did, they found what the angel had told them. They found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. They were changed. They went away telling others of what they saw, praising and glorifying God. God changes us. Our experience of God transforms us. This truism reminded me of my favorite Christmas commercial. It's from a chain restaurant in Pittsburgh called Eaton Park. This little star is trying to jump its way up to the top of the Christmas tree. Time and time again, this little star makes it a little ways up, but falls back to the ground. Until the Christmas tree finally bends down and picks up the star so that it is in its rightful place at the top of the Christmas tree. I will put a link to it in our show notes. But this short video is the story of God and humanity. For generations, humans tried to reach God. Through rules and laws, battles and tabernacles, they attempted to maintain as God's chosen people. Sometimes they did better than other times. But as we read throughout the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures, time and time again we see humanity fail. We could not reach God on our own. So God made a decision. God looked at the world through the lens of love and decided to plant two feet among us. God came to us in the physical form, the human form, the baby form. And like the popular hymn says, love came down at Christmas. And when God came down, God lifted us up. And just like that little star, we were changed. Christmas is busy. I know, I understand. And maybe we feel the pressure to create or put on the perfect Christmas. I blame Pinterest. But the magic of Christmas does not lie in our efforts, well intended as they are. The magic of Christmas lies in the manger. The mystery and hope and joy of Christmas lies in that feeding trough, in the one who has become our bread for the journey, in Jesus. I know your Christmas lists are important, but be interruptible, especially today, because it also lies in those moments where we get on the floor with the toddler, when we give in to the interruptions, when we recognize them as the very life God is sending. May your day, the coming weeks, the coming year be full of divine interruptions and may you not be so busy that you miss them. May it be so. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Together, we are what God looks like. The Collective Table is supported by San Diego United Methodist Church in Encinitas, California and the California Pacific Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. A big thank you to our producer and content editor, Claire Watson. If you'd like to financially support the work of The Collective Table, 
please visit us at thecollectivetable.org. There you can also find out more about who we are and view past episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, YouTube channel, and newsletter, and keep up with us on our Instagram and Facebook at The Collective Table.